Fakir to give you a first-hand glimpse into the future of Canadian business. It's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my Lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett, and I got to tell you, I have been I've been very, very patient and waiting for the opportunity to talk about what we're going to talk about today uh, with our next guest. Uh, I personally have been through journeys that we're going to talk about. Um, it's very prevalent amongst entrepreneurs, uh, and uh, I think we just need to do a lot more talking about it and our guest is definitely on the road to helping many many entrepreneurs dealing with the issue of uh, of clinical depression and anxiety and we're just really thrilled to have an atlantic based advocate for well-being and mental health amongst entrepreneurs on the show today michael deveni is a longtime entrepreneur and business owner whose own personal experience was with anxiety and clinical depression led him to start an initiative dear to him called the Mindset Project. The Mindset Project is a model that founders can follow in order to achieve the success of entrepreneurship without compromising their mental or physical health. That should be enough, by the way, to have you sit down and listen to this podcast because, as I say, it's very prevalent amongst entrepreneurs, both of those issues. And uh, I know Michael is really going to dig deeper on that particular area and how we can all work together in dealing with it, recognizing the big picture. Michael not only works to support entrepreneurs through their most successful journeys, but has also led private and public businesses, nonprofit organizations, and government departments to become better leaders. Today's podcast, we're going to talk to Michael about how he's working to encourage entrepreneurs to adopt a positive mindset while striving for success. Mr. Devaney, really an honor to have you on our show today. Welcome. Thanks, Rivers. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, well, look, um, I want to, first of all, reference, if you don't mind, a little bit of my journey with uh, with anxiety and clinical depression. I uh, found myself a few years ago, about six years ago, um, in a deep, deep despair, anxiety, hang, high anxiety in the hospital, um, and, um, you know, really spent three months in bed, recovering, all kinds of support systems around it, and so on, and, and, and a couple of reasons why 
I mentioned that one is because I want people to know that that I have gone through it and it is a very terrible, terrible journey. But then when you come out of it, of course, there's an enlightenment that uh, you now know what's important to deal with as you're traveling through your business life, let alone your personal life. That's the first piece. The second piece is that uh, is that, you know, even the, a lot of people know I'm very, very, very positive. And uh, when they hear about me having depression and anxiety, uh, they say, what, you? And it really, you know, to me, it's an enlightenment piece. Again, it, this is this is very much a, um, a not a, um, a, a mental issue. This is really just a chemical issue for my journey anyway. And uh, it, the key is just to get it under control, like you would the diabetes, high blood pressure or whatever. So, um What's your story that that uh, that you went through uh, to bring you uh, to ultimately the journey you're on now, Michael? Oh, mine's a long and winding road, but uh, <laughs> I said uh, I, I seem to have the royal flush because uh, I had to go through a, a clinical um, assessment a few months ago, a psychiatric assessment, and so I come out as uh, bipolar with a severe anxiety disorder. Um, uh, depression, PTSD, and I loved how they worded this, a little ADHD thrown in on top. Wow, the so, royal uh, flush is right. I said, <laughs> if I some poker, I got a winning hand. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I like I, when you were talking, like when you say like people are positive and, and, and others find it surprised that you have mental health challenges, like the biggest thing is we put on masks. Mm-hmm. We try so hard not to let people know, which only makes it worse. And what I've been doing more and more is just, I want to push this issue to the public because I believe mental health is the one thing that brings us all together because all of us have someone in our lives, if not ourselves, that are affected by it. But yet, it's this great divide that we seem so hesitant to talk about it. And I've been, I've got a big mouth and I don't really mind talking so I've been very vocal about my whole background and uh, what I'm always surprised at is the number of entrepreneurs who speak privately to me And I really, really wish more and more people, particularly entrepreneurs who have been successful, would actually come out with their stories because it's just putting this image in place that, mm-hmm. you know, we, we can't crack. Like, you got to hold it in, suck it up. Like, you've got to take all the pressure on. And I don't believe that. I don't believe it for a minute. And my whole deal started with uh, coming into a pretty heavy uh I guess, acknowledgement of of my past and things like that, which led me into a very deep depression. And I ended up losing uh, one of the businesses I had. And um, when I left that business, what came to me is like, is it just me? Am I the only one? Am I weak? Like, what's wrong with me? So as an entrepreneur, I'm always curious. So I decided to actually answer the question, like, are there other people out there like me? So I founded the Mindset Project, which was really a research initiative to understand the impact of the way we work on entrepreneurs and their businesses and their overall mental health. So the big thing is I found that I am definitely not alone. Yeah. Uh, like 68% of entrepreneurs will have 
some form of mental health issue during their working years. So it is an enormous number of people. It's the highest level of mental health incidents in any type of field other than frontline healthcare workers. So we're much more likely to have depression. We have a much higher level of suicidal thoughts. Um, so the, the environment we're in today, as much as I love seeing entrepreneurship really promoted, I think we're doing it in a way that's really harmful to, to both our mental on physical health. So I just think we have to find a better way. Yeah, well, and I, I, you know, the better way ultimately comes through dialogue. And I, I must say, you know, when you look for the, 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 how the dialogue has evolved over the years, it's much better than what it was many years ago. But remember, remember this, Michael was like, oh, shake it off, go for a walk. Yeah. It'll all go away, but it doesn't work that way at all. And uh, so so I, I want to dig a little deeper into you know we're 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 now open about our journeys with uh, with with depression um, as a part of who we are, um, and I have learned how to deal with it through a formula of success that works for me. Uh, you continue with your journey, which is great. You know, uh, people like um, oh my gosh, Clara Hughes. You know, uh, right. she's the only person on the planet to have multiple. Olympic medals in both both summer and winter suffers from depression. You know, those types of stories are coming out again and again and again. So with all of these stories coming out, why is it that we still can't be open to, and particularly amongst guys, and I'm going to call the guys out on this in the, the most cases, what is it that what is it that you think is the main reason or reasons as to why guys won't embrace it and say, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll figure it out? Uh, the stigma is strong. Boy, I tell you, like I've been doing a lot of uh, speaking and I think one of the biggest issues is that people at senior levels are still so stigmatized from talking about it. Right. And until until leaders, until people in um, positions of, 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 of moving businesses, moving policy, government, whatever it is, forward, until they stand up and say, you know what, this this affects me as well. It affects my family, you know, it affects me. And still, until that happens, it's not going to take away the stigma from the rest of us. So like when you get a leader who says we have great mental health policies for our company, mm-hmm. yeah, great. But like if I'm down in uh, accounting or marketing, well, if the C- CEO doesn't talk about having it, then I'm going to be weak if I talk about it. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole stigma out there. And I do believe there's been a big, you know, raise that, you know, men are not supposed to admit to having feelings and emotions. And we all do. And in fact, I think you're, you're way stronger if you actually can be uh, in touch with like, you know, expressing emotions. That's been a huge issue for me because I put up so many walls and masks that I was, you know, seen as driven and mm-hmm. uh, capable and never let someone down, always on. And uh, that I always like did over achieved in terms of what I set out to do. But at the same time, I'd go home and be in a ball for three hours a night because I just had nothing left. Right. And like everything, I look back and a big part of me goes, everything was, was superficial. And I'm suddenly left with, God, I'm not happy. Did you have a fall? Did you just, was there a point where you, the, uh, 
it just all came out or was it just uh, over a period of time? Like why, why I say that is that I didn't, when I first time I went through it, I didn't know I had it. All I knew was uh, yeah, unhappy, snappy, uh, not getting enough sleep, uh, being very emotional, all those things. And I just thought it was the pressures of, of, you know, business being an entrepreneur. So you didn't know, um, did you, and then, so I was at the doctor and he says, how are you doing? And I just started crying in front of him for like 15 minutes. And, and that started me on my journey back. Did you have a similar situation like that? Or do you find, and, and do you find in your journeys working with other people that that's what happens the first time? Uh, everyone has, I think, a different uh, experience with it. That's what makes it, I guess, so difficult to compare it to other types of chronic illnesses. Um, mine was both. It was uh, a series of events. Uh, the worst thing about uh, being an entrepreneur is that things build up and you don't mm. notice them. So incrementally, things start getting worse and you simply put it off and say, I'll just work through it. Mm-hmm. And I was quite proud of my 80-hour weeks and, yeah. and being able to compartmentalize my feelings away from everybody else and not to let anybody ever see it. But it definitely started taking effect. I started having uh, blackouts and I actually blacked out in front of a client, which that sort of raised the the stakes a little bit. Um, But I kept saying I was okay. I was okay. And then finally, there was just a, a couple events that happened that pushed me to an edge where I just hit the wall and I couldn't mm. handle it anymore. But what I'd happened had, when you hit the wall? Sorry, Michael, what, what was that actual situation? What, what happened to you on that day or time that when you when you hit the wall? Uh, so again, I was raised to never cry, so oh. I didn't cry, but I just suddenly stopped and could not think about what I would do next. I couldn't figure out where to go, what to do. And it was almost like you're in a bit of a daze. And uh, I just suddenly started losing interest in everything. And uh, like, I'm, I love what I do. Like I love, I love business and, you know, I spent years both as an entrepreneur, but also consulting with entrepreneurs and to suddenly just have no interest in what I was doing. uh, It changed everything. And, I also had a childhood trauma, which I had suppressed for years. That also all came out right. at the same time, which is a little bit different sure. than for other people. So I'll leave that one to the side. But that's yeah. what really pushed me heavy to the, over the edge. But I've been open about everything. Yeah. Everything that's happened to me from you know six years old and on, yeah. I just feel we don't talk about this. And people mention the word courage, and I don't agree with that. I think it's just simply we need to talk. Right. And entrepreneurs particularly isolate themselves. Themselves. Um, the the thought is that no one's going to understand. No one's going to see my situation for what it is. Like uh, a lot of times, people close to me, family, friends, spouse, like uh, they're they're going to give me their opinion. They're not going to understand. So at a time when we need to be talking to people, we actually isolate, which makes it even worse. So that depression starts building. But this whole environment of stress, then we start worrying about the stresses, which becomes anxiety because we start to ruminate on things then uh-huh, uh-huh. this rumination just keeps taking our <laughs> mind and I always said like I've got like a herd of monkeys bouncing balls in my head and because you're all over the place <laughs> yeah. and then it turns into this chronic almost like 
fatigue and, yeah. and then you get into burnout. But most entrepreneurs try to work through the burnout. And my answer was to open up another company and work harder because yeah. I thought I thought that would distract me. So be good. And then you finally just hit the wall and, and it turns into depression. But, you know, the sad thing is, I think for most people's experience, it's a slow burn. Right. I uh, I um, I I th- thank you for sharing that. By the way, and I'm thinking my next words is, and I I want to tell our audience right here. You just have two guys who have who have been through unique journeys together, but ultimately related back to a similar theme uh, that ended up having us being in depressive modes that impacted our lives um, both negatively and would you say now because of what you're doing to bring the dialogue to newer levels um, with, uh, with, with the mindset project that this is now a positive that's come out of your journey with the anxiety and depression? I can't believe I would say this, but I think depression was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Dude, you and I are in the same club. I <laughs> seriously have said that a gazillion times. It really, really is. So go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but high five. No. Yeah, we're in the, we're in the club. Well, it's funny, like suddenly I became myself Hmm. and I think for the first time in, let's not talk how old I am, but like in 50 some years, like, Hmm. uh, I don't feel 50, by the way, I'm still 30. Yeah, uh, I'm 54, by the way, so this is a great club we're in. (laughs) Yeah, and like, I don't know, I got a lot of runway ahead of me and um, I, I... when everything happened, I spent a lot of time hiking. It's funny you mentioned Clara Hughes because one of the treatments I went through, and again, as an entrepreneur, I can't do what other people do. I got to figure out how to do it on my own. So I developed my own clinic program. I've got this absolutely incredible therapist who who's just been amazing with me and he is a lifesaver because i did i tried to overdose a little over a year ago and uh but i mean him and a group of incredible friends got me through it but one of the biggest saving graces for me was what i call psychotherapy yes and uh, i became a cyclist about four years ago and as they say once you put on spandex there's no way back <laughs> so uh, <laughs> <laughs> it feels so awesome, doesn't it? <laughs> well, sometimes I just wear it around the house. But uh, it, it, the, I found being on the bike was a way to just free my mind up, get things open. And, you know, a lot of people will ask me, like, you know, I love this one guy came in. He was a really well-known entrepreneur here in Halifax. And I said, okay, this is probably going to be about business. But he said, you know, I've been reading all your blogs and articles. And he said, like, I don't want to be as miserable as you. So, like, what would you tell me to do differently? <laughs> and, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. But, uh, like I said, you know, one, you got to talk to people. Like, get a therapist and, and you got to yeah. talk to people. Two, you've got to be active. Like, you've got to take time to to work your body out. So, whether it's yoga, whether it's um, uh, cycling, boxing, whatever it is, you've got to find something to get that, that positive energy out. And the biggest thing is to, to get out in the air. Mm. Like, um, I, I started hiking again about three years ago, and I find, like, that's as close to religion or spirituality as I'm ever going to get. Mm. And, and that's my way of clearing my head. And for or all the entrepreneurs who know that we never just think of one thing at a time, <laughs> yeah. even even while I'm out clearing my head, I am way more creative um, when I'm out in the air, like hiking. And, and 
I've got this new business and new team now. And like our, our team kind of offsites are usually hiking trips. And I find like just the ideas that, that come out and it's, it's one of the best things. If you're stuck in your business and you can't seem to get forward, my comment is get out. Yes. Like, Take a hike, like yes, they say. Take a hike. Um, and, uh, like, okay. Air, <laughs> I love let it. The air blow it off. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, I said, my new title is shift the server. So um, <laughs> I just think we got to make a shift and 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 disrupt the way we're we're working because we've just accepted that this is the way we're supposed yeah. to do it. Yeah. And you know, I've got a real issue with the whole. Um, incubator accelerator setup and I just think we have to approach this in a different way and I believe in entrepreneurship I believe it is our way forward and I think we're we're, we're blessed with a just an incredible amount of really bright, creative people, um, but we just have to stop killing them um, with with you know real hits to their mental health and and their whole confidence and well being. And we just got to make it shape this way we work in a better way. So a couple of things come out of that, Michael. And again, thank you for sure. We really are kindred spirits here, man. I'm just nodding <laughs> my head and saying, I, I want to meet you face to face. I want to go on a hike. I want to have some beers with you because we really have got the, uh, similar journeys to share. I'm sure we could talk about them for hours. Um, one thing that a couple of things that come through my head. One is, uh, you know, I remember a quote by uh, Richard Branson, uh, the famous uh, Virgin owner, and he was asked, what's the best thing you can do for your business to be successful? And without a, without a hesitation, he said, look after your health. And I think for entrepreneurs, we really need to remember that. Interesting enough, when I asked that question, my friend, to large groups of people or small groups of people, no one gets the answer. No one gets the answer. I put I put a hundred bucks out there and, uh, and no one thinks of their health as being predominantly the main asset they need to look after. So Michael, you mentioned about incubators and accelerators, and I'm fortunate enough as one of my roles to be the entrepreneur in residence for the province of New Brunswick, see a lot of incubators and accelerators along. So um, let's, let's, uh, let's assume that they're going to stay, um, even though they might not necessarily embrace the, the, the mental aspects of, of how to properly prepare entrepreneurs. How would you bring mental health issues, uh, not necessarily issues, sorry, practice into those accelerators to really bring a, uh, a higher propensity of success for entrepreneurs rather than, as you mentioned, killing them. And I get the point, by the way, it's not physically killing them, but it's not setting them up for success. So I'll start first by saying I definitely support the entrepreneurship movement. And I, I do love the idea of incubators and accelerators. What I do not agree with is the way that they're being run. And I've had the um, executive director of one uh, accelerator program actually tell me what we try to do is put these kids under as much pressure as we can in the shortest period as possible to see who's still standing. Yeah. Okay. My understanding is that's not how you develop a business. Right. And like I call this the dragon's den effect. Like it's a really hyper competitive. It's almost a bullying 
uh, situation mm. where mm. people are pressured and and the idea is that you you know sleep under your desk at night and never leave the office and and we found that you know in terms of coping mechanisms for for how do you handle stress 35 percent said alcohol yeah um, of course like i mean really honestly uh so and some of them said working more hours like it just so what i'm looking at is like the expectations are actually incredibly unrealistic. So entrepreneurs are driven. And when investors talk about, you know, 19.1 to 21.3%, that's what most investors see as an average return they're looking for. That's not realistic. Like in no way is that realistic. Industry Canada did a study that showed over the last 15 years, 7.2% uh, is a realistic supportable return. Mm. So, so where are we getting the mm. 19s and 20s? Like, mm -hmm. you know, maybe 10% for five years, less than 4% of companies have ever achieved that. Um, that's done a study by Harvard. So, like, we're setting people up that, you know, if you had a year you made 12%, you're disappointed. Yeah. You, you should be skipping around, you know, your warehouse or your office because you're way ahead of the game. But we've got these unrealistic expectations in terms of overcommitting ourselves expecting we can do things in less time than it takes and thinking that like we asked what's the annual return you think is is most reasonable entrepreneurs said 20 percent what's that based on no idea right so we don't even look at data and i'm i'm sorry i'm an analyst as well at heart so like i believe in data driven and that we have to understand what actually is the situation and, and, and make decisions from that so what would change the accelerators and incubators is that we actually god forbid slowed them down mm -hmm. like the the idea is we're, we're building businesses that will make a change for the entrepreneur, for the customer, for the community, for the region. It's, it's to build a company that makes an enduring difference. And that's missed now with this great, like as soon as someone comes up with a concept, we're talking about an exit strategy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, well, what about a scaling strategy? What, what about a staying strategy? Like, you know, I, I just find Atlantic Canada, particularly, we've got this whole concept of copy and paste that we look at what other areas are doing. We copy and just try to paste it in here. Like, I, I believe in learn and translate. So we learn what other you know areas are doing and then translate that to what it's like here. You know, I was born in the Annapolis Valley. It's not Silicon Valley. Like, it's the Annapolis Valley. So there's things to learn, but then we've got to translate it to the experience here. And like, yeah, I want to see us putting more and more into entrepreneurship and We've got a ton of, you know, like, again, brilliant young people coming through. I want to see them make it. Yeah. And what I don't like is seeing that 33% of these young entrepreneurs are going to be in a depression within four years. And that is something that no one does not want to talk about. Well, we're talking about it today. And um, and uh, I think uh, it's important. The, the one, you have a national audience here, actually a global audience, because there's this podcast goes around the world and uh, I think this is definitely part of doing it it's uh, very important I'd, I'd like to touch on the point you talk about the the exits 
and it's so, so, so true in Atlantic Canada, New Brunswick, let's call it out. Um, you know, the, we, I feel like we're the Montreal Canadians of, uh, <laughs> of winning the Stanley Cup, for God's sakes. We're still talking about Radiant Six and Q1 oh. Labs and their freaking successes. And uh, the fact that they sold. And, uh, you know, first of all, that was ages ago. Good for them. Good people. Good stuff happened with it. But for God's sakes, what's wrong with those that are building foundations, strong foundations? In my opinion, anybody can build a house and sell it. But to live in it and maintain it and to nurture it and uh, make it last the test of time is the real thing. So I love that you've referenced that point. We need to get off our ass and really celebrate those that are creating longevity and strong foundation for the business and, and, and therefore release the pressure of, I got to exit. So there's my little soapbox agreeing with you again. Oh my God, I can't wait to meet you. (laughs) Well, I mean, the other thing too is like, we have an investor driven entrepreneurial culture and that is not good. Yes. Like, we have to move to a different form, whether that's customer driven, you know, meaning driven. There's got to be another drive to it. But with an investor driven entrepreneurial model, it's always going to be a highly pressured environment that really doesn't respect the person. Yep. Yep. And, yep. you know, to be honest, the entrepreneur is the heart of the business, like literally and figuratively, and we've got to take care of them. And I just think if we stop chasing capital and started actually developing customers, it would put us in a much stronger position. And this is why I look at, you know, we really need to look at a customer driven entrepreneurial approach because being an entrepreneur means that you create new value for a customer either through a business or social enterprise. That's mm-hmm. what it's about. Mm-hmm. And it's not about developing a concept, killing yourself to try to get it developed and then selling it out to somebody to actually commercialize it. Yeah. Like we've, we've given up so much of our economic future. Um, like, you know, where the discount shopping bin for the U.S. and other countries mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we sell our ideas out because, you know, we're, we're, we, don't, we don't support young entrepreneurs in terms of how do you actually build a business. Yeah, it, really interesting uh, and eye-opening uh, as we're having this discussion, one around depression and anxiety, how we are creating this atmosphere through undue pressure uh, by investors, accelerators, and incubators. And I would concur on, on that society also, society is that other piece of it. Um, and uh, I I, I want to now uh switch to the mindset project and really delve into what, what are you doing with that great project? I'm sure it's great because again, we're kindred spirits. So take us the journey on the mindset project. You know, well, I think I know what started it, but what got it, the structure started to happen around it and, and what's your focus? Yeah. So definitely it's, it was my experience with, with depression that had me started because I did want to understand. And again, I'm an analyst, so I need to understand. Yes. And, uh, oddly enough, like while I was going through the treatment for depression, I did my corporate director's uh, designation as well as a degree in psychology and also started the Mindset Project. So I like <laughs> to have a few things going on. Yeah, and I uh, want to stop you just a second, Michael, because this is another important point for entrepreneurs that are listening. So here's a man, two men that have volunteered their journeys with this, with this, uh, with this mental uh, challenges, I call it, and yet we're still busy. 
We're still engaged with the things we love to do. We consider it to be one of the best things that happen. So it's not it's not a death sentence. It's actually a life sentence that starts to come to you. I'm happier now than I've ever been. And I sense that you are too. So sorry to segue yeah. in that, but I just think it's important. It's not go to your room and never open the door again. No, figure out how to help, how to engage with it and move forward and live again. Well, I mean, that, that's the whole point. I mean, when everything sort of came to bear with me two, two and a half years ago, I thought, okay, I can either just try to dig through this crap that people have loaded on me mm-hmm. and move on, or I can do something with it. So I decided to do something with it. And there's nothing special about me. It's just, yeah, I, I made that choice. And um, so the Mindset Project was started and it was the first time I ever started something without an end in mind because I'm always Mm. really working towards this goal. I'll set something again, like in the past, totally unrealistic and just drive myself to get there. So this time I thought, no, I'm just going to leave this one open and let the road take me where it's supposed to go. And um, I felt too that if I was going to talk about the impact of mental health and how it affected decision making um, uh, for entrepreneurs, if I simply tell my story, everyone's going to nod their head and go, poor guy, and walk away. Mm. Um, So I needed numbers. So I needed to get data. I needed to show that like, I am not the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people like me. So by getting the data, um, I then had the credibility. So we started um, uh, writing the, the, the outcomes. And you know, the big things that, that struck me is one, just I cannot get away from. 72% of all mm-hmm. entrepreneurs question if they're actually getting what they want from their business. So Mm. the way we work today leaves almost three quarters of us wondering if it's actually worth it. Mm. So that's something that I've never got away Mm. from. The second thing was when I was looking at it originally, I took the degree in psychology because I am a bit of a degree junkie, but uh, (laughs) um, I actually wanted to understand the psychology part. Like I've been in therapy for a long time. So I've always understood um, the diagnostic side, but I wanted to understand all the other different attributes. So I found the psychology course was one of the best things I did. Um, and we looked at you know how that affected uh, people as well. So as we went through it, we, we published the data. I started doing a number of speaking engagements and talking about it. Um, I never thought that this would happen to me because I'm just not that bright in some ways. Um, but uh, <laughs> well, and, by the way, the audience is going di- going to beg to differ on that one, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, going to meet me for a period of time, but yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, actually developed an analytic that I'm really excited about. We've turning this now into a business. The analytic will actually, and we looked at performance because bluntly, I felt that if we talked about mental health, it would scare people off. If we look at how do we perform at our best. It also means we have to have the right environment for our mental well-being to be able to work at our best. So I thought I'd go that route. But we developed this analytic that can actually measure tangibly the stress in the environment, how it affects the energy of the business, uh, where things are blocked, where things are moving. Um, we've added some uh, machine learning and AI uh 
pieces to it so we can actually assess the tone of the organization so we can actually map um, how a business works and the way one of my partners put it is which I love it is that you actually give a voice to the business so we often say what the business is what the business says what it's all about we can actually tell you in tangible terms what the voice of the business is what's working what's not working and I didn't want to go to actually pinpointing people because I don't like that I've been labeled so many things right um, what I never wanted to do was actually when you know well Bob in accounting you know, he's got a problem um, <laughs> uh, how come Bob is always in accounting? He's never in marketing. All right. So Cheryl and IT, uh, there you go. You know, there's, there's something going on there. And I just think it's like you, you, when you start pinpointing people, I believe that leadership will take a negative approach. Mm-hmm. So what we've done is develop the analytics so it looks at it on a collective basis. So collectively, what's the energy of the organization? Collectively, where is the stress? How does it play through? What are the dynamics? And um, so we're developing that business and going from there. But now I've also uh, started a business, another business with two other partners that's going to be doing applied consulting. And I call it applied because the biggest difference, like as a consultant, you often come in and tell people the problem and then, you know, good luck with that. Um, the idea with applied consulting is you actually stay and help them resolve the issue and move it forward so that you're actually seeing results. Mm-hmm. So all of it's built around what we've found through the Mindset Project. And it's all completely focused on how do we approach work in a way that's going to protect our well-being and help us you know perform at our best so that's where i want to do i want to change the way that we approach work particularly as entrepreneurs and to me that's going to be the win so there's more research coming there there's a product coming there's consulting coming and like my whole life changed um, bluntly for the better because of a mental health issue. And I've been called mentally disabled. I love that one. Um, to mentally challenged. No, I'm not. Um, so all these terms, people just don't understand. And I believe like mental health is a spectrum. You know, we, we go from mental wellness to mental illness and we can move back and forth on that. And we're all on that journey. And I just think we got to drop the labels, um, stop being termed having a disorder. Like if, if I've got so many disorders, I should be like put away. <laughs> but like, I mean, I'm not that disorderly. I'm actually, quite a pleasant respectful person of course Um, so yeah the mindset project's just taken on a life of its own and and i absolutely love where it's going and this um do you have paying customers right now uh so we will have paying customers starting in january fantastic and can you tell us about those customers uh and not in who they are uh if i want to respect the confidentiality of your clients but i'm interested in in the in this the the i guess the leadership at that organization or organizations that said yeah i get it is there a is there a, 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 a i'll call it an avatar that we could use to really say that if people want to introduce you to other like companies that they can do that based on your avatar discussion or description so oddly enough the most stress seems to hit people when they're in their late 30s to 40s yes uh, so we're looking at companies who have been in business probably for about seven to ten years um 
things have grown, but they're stuck. And the, the people that I find we're working with, these are people who actually want to grow. They want to scale. They want to move the business forward, but they are simply stuck. Mm. And most of them will say the same thing. I can't put my finger on it, but there is something not quite right. Mm. And, you know, we've looked at process. We've looked at technology. Mm. We've looked at the customer, but there's something. And it always comes down to the people. Like, I don't understand why people are either not engaged or not behind. It's because most of them are simply can incredibly overworked. Um, the communication's not clear. Like we think we say things clearly, but we, we don't. And so it comes down to understanding also how that stress is affecting people. So, you know, who is that client persona or customer persona? It's probably, you know, 40 year old entrepreneur who's built their business up, who really wants to go further, but they're stuck. They feel that there's something there and they can't put their finger on it and they just they want to move forward and want to get through it. And that's who we're working with. And it could be 20 to 30 employees, could be 200 employees. And it's not, and what's important to this conversation is, is that it's not just the entrepreneur, the leader who might be yeah. uh, dealing with these issues. It's the team members also. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, the entrepreneurial fact you know, does, yeah. does hit all the way through the company. And as much as we are, are, are inspired by this driven, uh, visionary, uh, workaholic uh, entrepreneur, uh, that person also can create an, an incredible amount of stress uh, for the people around them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not intentionally or maliciously, but it's just the way it is. And uh, that's what I really got caught with is the impact that I had on people who worked with me, who I cared about, but I had some negative effect on them. God, my cat even developed anxiety issues. So, I mean, like... Like you really do affect a lot of people around you. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, we, we, it's a, it's a funny thing, but it's a true thing. I remember my game, my journey, uh, my kids. You know, you know, when's dad going to get better? Why is dad acting this way? And you just try to hide it from your children, the people you want to protect the most, and it just, uh, it just wasn't happening. Um, Michael, uh, a couple of things before we head off, and uh, I would say to my, remember I promised you'd be a half an hour. Well, we're now ten yeah. minutes past that because okay. this is just such an intriguing conversation to me, and of course very personal. And I want to continue the dialogue, but I've got two questions left. Uh, one is, uh, how do people get a hold of uh, you and uh, the Mindset Project to to further follow up because this is important work you're doing. Uh, so happy to hear from anybody, and you can access the website at themindsetproject.ca mm-hmm. um, and my email address should be there but if you're trying to I'm always open for emails it's mdivini um, at bluetoedivini.com I know it's long but uh, <laughs> um, if you can spell it you can get me <laughs> Bluto, and that's without an E it's B-L-U-T-E-A-U and then my name dot com Cool. So um, I know that with this audience, there's a lot of people that if they're not personally dealing with depression or anxiety or uh, mood disorders, whatever you want to call it, mental health challenges, uh, they know people that have done that are going through it. So my friend, uh, the last word is yours. What's your recommendation for next steps for somebody that says, okay, yeah, that's me after this conversation. What do I do next? 
talk. Uh, the first thing you've got to do is talk to somebody. Open up to your family and friends. Find a therapist and start there. That is really the single best thing you can possibly do. If you, if you keep it all in and continue isolating, you will end up alone. And yeah. that is not a good place to be. Yeah, alone and very, very much in, uh, I want to say in hurt, but you will yep. continue to hurt more and more and more. Um, Michael Devenny, this has been a wonderful conversation for all kinds of reasons at all kinds of different levels but one is the that I love this topic I love talking about it I love encouraging people I love uh, meeting people like you that uh, that see the importance of this dialogue uh, keep doing your magic work it's uh, it's really critical and uh, um, you know particularly with starting playing hanging around with Startup Canada I think that uh, you and I should really look at bringing this dialogue to even hi- higher levels through for entrepreneurs throughout the the country uh, with Startup Canada because I know they'd be right behind it. So keep on happening, my friend. I look forward to to the next time we chat. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Joe. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Sam Chen, Director of Video Production at CommunityPop.tv, and you are listening to Startup Canada Podcast with Rivers Corbett. That is so awesome, dude. And you know, I, 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 one of my guests told me about a book called Everyone Poops. And, and I think that that's what you're doing is breaking down those barriers, breaking down those, uh, those restrictions of getting into who the person is. And I'm a firm believer that business is a dating game. And by dating people, by really getting to know who they are and what they, you know, what their thoughts are, what their principles are, values are, goes much deeper than simply just the business in itself. So how do you bring that out? Out and what it is that you guys do with CommunityPop.tv? Uh, how do you bring out that deeper look into a uh, into a, an individual or a corporation? Um, well, we start off by telling all brands that um, any client that works with us, we're not going to hire actors. We're not going to bring in uh, big reps or speakers. Um, we're going to show people who you really are. We're going to show everyday people who enjoy what you do. Um, some festivals, for example, we interview any other guests. We don't interview. Um, um, you know, like people that are perfect actors. We want to show these people are just like you or me. And um, I guess a good example will be um, just recently, we just worked with Lockheed Martin for the Christmas video. We just brought in everyone from different departments, from IT, from HR, um, from the people who even works on all the mechanical stuff. Uh, we brought them all in together and we all said, all right, what's your favorite part about Christmas? And they're all like, that's an interview question and I'm like (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like just have fun with it everyone just says oh man like I love buying gifts I like uh, when I was a kid I used to have Hot Wheels Um, I used to like I used to love ripping all these presents when I was a kid and you get that human emotion right out of that and that's the important part is a lot of people don't a lot of people um, are not like getting um, I guess getting like knowing that the human emotions is the biggest part and having people answer not like what did you do today? Um, how did you think about this circumstance? It's more of 
who are you and why are you having fun? And those kind of questions really open people out.